Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Santa Claus has come to town. <laughs> I know you're very roller, excited about this. Roller coaster tycoon in space. Clo- very close. Us. Very close. Yeah, it's uh, close. Uh, also joining us is your co-host, Hunter, with a now-working mic. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing we got it working before the show. This could have been oh. terrible. Oh, that would have been so annoying. It's one of the downsides of doing it live, I guess. And also joining us is your co-host, Spaz. Hello. And uh, joining us from Chicago to discuss his game, Interstellar Transport Company, we are joined by... Okay, I'm probably going to butcher this. I should have asked before we hey, started. No, Stan- Stankiewicz? Stan- Stankiewicz, yep. Stankiewicz? Okay, Mike Stankiewicz. Yep. I'm found- probably upsetting the Polish people out there, too. So, <laughs> why, why is that? <laughs> I, I, they have some crazy way of pronouncing it. It's definitely not Stankiewicz, so oh, really? I cringe whenever I say it like that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I know some, some Polish people. I have to ask them about hey, that. Hey, guys. Yeah? Are you getting giant pregnant pauses? Because I'm getting like... 20 seconds of silence in the middle of the I, I am not. No. Sorry. Uh, maybe, maybe it's me. Anybody else? Anyone okay. else getting pauses? And silly router shenanigans going on. You you too, you so. you had some pausing for a second there. I I, I heard yeah. a little The joys of doing this live, folks. Um so we're here to talk about uh Interstellar Transport Company. It's uh currently in early access on Steam. Oh, I totally, I'm totally blanking. What's the price? It's going for right now, Mike. Twenty dollars, nineteen ninety nine. Wait, what? Oh, okay, that's not bad. Uh, hang on, someone's saying that they can't hear us. That's weird because the audio is going out. Um, oh, I have to look at that. Um, so yeah, uh, folks, if you recall, um, maybe about six months ago. I uh, spent time with a game called Space Box uh, from Sierra and Impressions. In, One uh, million Space Box. <laughs> you know what, Hunter? It's so weird. We didn't drop any frames until you did that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you did. Uh, <laughs> but really? Can you flip the Discord channel back or to what? To something else because this is killing me. Okay, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'm having some technical issues, folks. One sec. Tuesday night internet reboots. All right, we have switched to the U.S. South server. Maybe that'll do better for us. Um, oh, thank you, Chris, on YouTube. I thought you said it was no good here, but now you're saying it is good. Okay. A comma would have helped right there. Uh, so we, so we, save lives. <laughs> yeah, commas do save lives. So yeah, like comma, comma, chameleon song. Uh, Space Bucks was the sequel to a game that came out, I think, two or three years prior, called Airbucks, which I have not played. I hear it's very good, but it's basically uh, Space Bucks is basically a uh, space business game where you're a company and you open ports on planets and you um, take commodities back and forth. You know, there's a huge supply and demand thing, randomly generated. It's an amazing game. And so after that, after we played it, we had a podcast about it, too, if you want to go back to listen to that. 
Um, we were like, why hasn't anyone made a new Space Bucks? This is like, mo- they're leaving money on the table. Because this was a hit. People like this game. People remember this game. And then, shortly thereafter, we got Interstellar Transport Company, which is... Yeah, I was, I'm going to say, if you've listened to the show once in the last two years, you've heard me say, somebody should make a new... <laughs> yeah, at <laughs> least one of us has at least said, at least one time, there needs to be a new Space Bucks, because it's a great game! If you haven't played it, it runs great on DOSBox. Go back and find it. It's it, it's great. It's playable now. It's so good. But Interstellar Transport Company, which is the game we're here to talk about today, could really be called a spiritual successor. Uh, now, Mike, uh, did you have Space Bucks in mind when you made this? Or was this a, a whole a thing that just came to you? Like, What was the genesis of the idea for Interstellar Transport Company? Well, um, pretty much it, it originated at Airbucks, not really Spacebooks so much. Oh, um, okay. I, I did play Spacebooks, and I, I liked it, but I liked Airbucks a whole lot better. So I'll have to um, play it. I'll have to load it up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was a way better game, actually. I don't remember too much of either game now. It's been 20 years ago, but I do remember, you know, obviously transporting stuff around, which is what this game is all about. So, um, yeah, it's it's that. Um Transport Tycoon. Um, I play a bunch of uh, Paradox games and stuff, so you'll see a lot of that in there as well. Um, also, uh, what was that? Uh, Offworld Trading Company. Oh, that was a big yes. influence too. Trying to you know do the multiplayer bit in there. So yeah, if only this would hook up to Offworld Trading Company. Oh God! Because then it's like, how am I doing on Mars? Well, I got to ship that stuff. You know. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. Oh that'd be on the scope of our game, though. I, th- I don't know if I don't know if I can handle that kind of meta and micro, that kind of macro and micro. You know, that might be a bit much. I'll just make it an MMO. Go for broke. Right? <laughs> oh a no, thousand people with spaceship. No, that's don't a t- do that. No, unless everyone has their own spaceship and, and that's it. No, that's yeah, and, and we could have loot crates and <laughs> we'll see. No. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, I could see now that I've I spent some time with this, I can see um, elements of all the games you mentioned uh, in there, which is great because uh, I mean because a lot of space games are very pew pew heavy, and even if they have an economy, they're still very pew pew heavy. Even if, if maybe you're running away from pirates, or maybe you are a pirate, or you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of shooting. In a lot of games yeah, that have an economy, and it's really refreshing to see uh, a game that really doesn't have. I mean, is is there going to be shooting? Will there be piracy? Is that in the cards? Well, I mean, there, there is some piracy now, but um, oh, it's, it's it's very abstracted. You know, it's it's we're not we're not focused on military stuff really. We're not focused on you know you trying to attack other players. It's it's purely economy. You know, you're you're doing warfare through economy. So. Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you're in a different system, you'll see pirates a lot more. Um, or if you're like in the outer planets early in the game, you'll see pirates. You know, outer planets there, you'll see pirates once in a while. Um, they're not really a big thing in the game. It's more of you know you got to make sure that you have security infrastructure set up where you're transporting things to. Um, but no, otherwise it's it's purely economy based. So does does it originate? at earth and all the companies are human and we start at earth or yes. Okay. Cause I, cause I was thinking like, well, what if, you know, you expand throughout our solar system 
because nobody has warp drive yet. But as soon as you get warp drive, then it's like, oh no, there's a whole economy out here already, and I'm screwed. You know? Yeah. Well, we we were thinking about it, but um, I mean, I I know like space bucks. You know, you have all the different aliens and everything. Um, it's kind of not what we're going for. It's more you know growing. Well, no, I, I like the growing. I appreciate the the thing of like, okay, everybody starts in the same place, and then we expand outward from there, kind of deal. So, no, it's right. that's cool, and it and it seems just the the bit that I've been looking at it. Um, it seems that you can actually influence colony growth. Oh yeah, I, I don't know if you if you're the impetus for like I want to seed a colony here, but you can definitely make or break a colony by what you take there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there's a there's a good balancing act where you know where you have colonists and new plants will demand colonists but then if you don't supply enough food and water you're just going to have starvation there so you don't really want to oversupply colonists you don't want to you know oversupply food and water because then you're going to lose money so mm. there you know it's a really fine balancing act and um yeah th- that's one of the main aspects of the game that we want to you know g- get out there when you're, when you're pushing these different colonies, when you're colonizing places yourself, when the local governments are colonizing, you know, you always need to be maintaining a balance and, and mm-hmm. keeping your supply chain in order. So if you, um, because the colonies, do, do they have an economy of their own? Like you're, you're tracking, like, can the, can the colony actually afford to pay for this stuff that I'm bringing them or not? Cause they have to sell something no. to buy something. No, not, not necessarily. Um, I, it, it's all you know, supply and demand based. So um, there's there's different factors that affect it. So like food, you have um, you know habitability and the amount of uh, development that's on a planet, the amount of machinery that's on a planet. Okay. That all affects how much they create locally and how much you actually need to bring right, in. But you're you're just worried about the shipping stuff because uh, like what I'm thinking is Correct. like let's say some colonists go out somewhere and they settle on some dust ball. And there's no planet around that's got water, but they've got a super high demand for water. Well, whenever I have to fly water out there, it's going to be exceptionally expensive. But if they don't have any industry on the planet, they're not generating any income. So they're not going to be able to pay for that. Correct. Water. Yeah. And, and you're going so, to take a loss. That's that's another, you know, thing that that is well, important in the game. You're going to take a loss sometimes in these smaller colonies and these developing colonies. So they're um, going to pay what they can pay, not necessarily yes. what they should pay. It's yeah, just like, this it, is all we can afford. So exactly. Just, just think about like, you know, if you're running food and water out to some, you know, Caribbean Island that, that is poor, you know, you're, you're going to take a loss, but if, if you're doing that and you're developing a colony, you're going to, you know, develop it into a market that can maybe be used for other things, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's, you know, eventually consumer goods that you're going to be bringing out there, or if they have some source of rare resources or raw materials that you could bring back home. Well, so so it's basically you take a loss until the colony gets up to speed, and then they're going to start providing stuff that you're going to get rich from. So correct, it's worth it the investment. Correct. Okay, and that's yeah. kind of where the strategy comes in too, because sometimes it is worth it. Sometimes you got to determine that it's not really worth it. Um, so it, you know, there's some strategic decisions involved there. Are there yeah. oh. events that go on like? There's a plague here. You got to ship medicine out there. Yeah, I've seen that. Or something. Yep, I've seen that. Yeah, there was a famine on uh, one of the planets that um, in my game. So yeah, there are events. Uh, speaking of plants, sorry to interrupt. We do have a question uh, from the audience. Uh, Merrick is wondering: 
Like, because when you're subsidizing a colony, you're not buying the planet. You are investing in the planet. Is that is that the is that correct? Right? Yeah, you so, you don't actually own anything. You're playing the role of a company, so you're not really a, a government entity. You're not, um, you're not controlling anything like you would in a game like Stellaris or another 4X game. You know, you're just you're just a transportation company. And while you can you know have have a lot of influence over these colonies, you're still not actually owning anything there. Don't the, don't the corporations own the government, man? <laughs> This isn't space Illuminati, but close. <laughs> so, uh, um, so if you go out to a, a, a colony and there's a because there's spaces on the planet where you can build stuff, right? So, is that like here's a free factory, just have it. I'll pay for it, and then whenever this starts generating stuff, I'm going to make money from hauling it. So you invest in the building, even though you don't like actually own it. Correct. You're investing in the infrastructure it, is what it is. Right. Yeah. yeah, and there's some things that you do actually own like the security stations if you build one of those maintenance um sheds or a uh you know local office um but yeah for the industry right now um we're thinking about changing it but right now it just goes into the planet's um supply so you actually don't really get any direct benefit from that you're again just developing that colony so that you can reap the benefits later yeah, because it's interesting. I noticed that uh, you're playing kind of both a short and a long game at the same time. You're trying to invest in a colony's future so it'll thrive and produce things that you can take to other colonies, but the colonies have needs right now. And so you need to get them those needs right now in order for them to survive and thrive at all. So thus far, we've checked off everything on my wish list except for square pigs. <laughs> square pigs. Yeah. There's a movie, Space Truckers. Space Truckers. Yeah, and they were oh. they had genetically engineered pigs. Oh. So they could I'm going to need them. to eventually watch this movie someday. You have not seen this yet, Brian? No. Of all the space trucking you've done and all of the space games that you've played, <laughs> you have yet to see Space Truckers. Okay, 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 okay. And it's got um, Dennis Hopper. You, you think you got a Raul Julia thing going. You watch Space Truckers and you'll go on like a month-long Dennis Hopper binge. Uh, you think, I don't know, could anyone find him attractive? I don't know. I didn't say you'd want to like smooch him. I'm just saying that his I know he's a great skills, actor. I know right? he's a great actor. Right. Yeah. At like the, the, the him and Christopher Walken in, uh, um, oh, what the hell is that movie? Had uh, any movie Arquette in it? No, uh, it pure was, romance. It was the thing, yeah, pure romance. Thank you. Yeah, that's one of the great Dennis Hopper scenes. Oh, that's a great Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken scene. Abs- absolutely. Sorry, sidetrack, folks, but I come from a long family, long line of Sicilian liars. Sorry, I love that scene so much. <laughs> Sorry. I could talk about Christopher Walken all night. I won't, but I could. Anyway, but I won't. <laughs> where were we? Oh yes. So um, you start with your solar system. You start with Earth, and eventually you have Luna, and then you uh, and you can subsidize all the planets and moons. I don't know about Jupiter, but you can subsidize their its moons at least. So what? Are, I, right. I I didn't really notice this in the game. Maybe I, I missed it somehow. But what is the benefit? What is there a direct benefit to subsidizing a colony before another company does? You get a very big uh, reputation bonus. So reputation will give you higher prices um, when you're delivering stuff there. Uh, 
but sales of stuff like if there's a pile of goods being developed it's first come first serve right as far as who picks it up and takes it yeah whatever ship lands there um eventually we might base that on reputation but um, now if you have a warehouse can i just buy everything the factory makes stick it in my warehouse and then the pool is always dry and the competition can't do anything about it no um, but you can not. transport to another planet and deliver it there, but you'll, you'll actually have to put some effort in. You can't just buy it and store it in your own planet. Oh. Okay. That'd be kind of game breaking. But so, so what is the, the point with the storing stuff? Do you make like a transport hub where it's like, I can drop stuff there and then yep. other ships can come. Yeah, exactly. It? So say you're, you're transporting, um, food out to the Jovian system. So you want to, you know, set up one, uh, hub on maybe Europa or something, and then, you know, transport all your food there, deliver and store, um, and then just transport to all the different moons from one spot. So you use the big ships to get out there and then just little ships, you know, to move it. Sweet. Yeah, I'm liking that. Um, Have you you messed around with Helium Rain any? Because Stranger on the in the chat there that's helium, his game. Um, helium rain no yeah helium rain it's it's sort of a transport sim it's got combat in it too um but it's, it's a it's more first person it's a single solar system yeah it's it's yeah. like humanity went you know to some other star and there's a there's a gas giant and a bunch of moons and they got stranded because the ship blew up so they ended up like well we're screwed we got to live here you know let's make a go of it so now they have human society in orbit of this gas giant and there's a bunch of space stations and stuff and they're all owned by different corporations. And, and that's kind of how you get your start there before you start building your own stations and stuff is hauling things around, you know, who, who needs what supply and demand stuff. And he, he has hub stations that are like that. So you can, you can just grab a bunch of stuff and fly it and drop it at the hub station. And if the local stations need it, they'll just buy it from the hub station. So you don't have to dock with them individually kind of thing. Um, but it also serves for this is a place to stash stuff until my other ships come and get it. So you can you can basically pass cargo from one ship to another using one. That's what it put me in mind of whenever you're saying about being able to do that in yours. But much smaller scope and, and yeah. it's a flight sim more so than a than a strategy yeah. game. So we have another uh, question from the from the audience. Uh, can colonies revolt against their local governments? Uh, I'm sorry. I think it was not. Okay. Never mind. Um, yeah. Uh, not yet, but they will, um, be able to, that's actually in our roadmap where we're going to be nice. approaching that in the next few months. Um, so we're going to implement the idea of, you know, different governments. So maybe, uh, Mars will eventually break away from earth or whatnot, and then they'll start, start setting up their own colonies. So you'll have to, uh, choose between, you know, say, say there's like an interstellar war. You have to choose between one side and the other side. Um, so is that just going to basically cause your reputation scores to split? So it's going to, instead of right. like one reputation in the area, you're going to have multiples then. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll, we might leave like the civilian reputation apart from the, you know, factional reputation or something just so they have to, you know, ever reconcile them. Your reputation won't be totally screwed or something. No, I don't know. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was just thinking like if you had war in the game, I don't know if that's even there, but let's say like two planets fight each other. Um, they're going to need, you know, guns and butter, right? Yep. So it, it becomes like, who are you going to ship arms? Yeah, exactly. Ship arms to both. You know? Take the, take the banker stance and just make both of them. <laughs> yeah. And I, I imagine, you know, a lot of that will come into play where, where if you want to transport arms, while it might be really profitable, 
maybe it's better off just to not do it all together and well, just transfer it in water. Right. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it's that decision between do I want to transport the, the high, um, the high, uh, what, what's the word, profit stuff, you know, the yeah. arms to one faction, or do I want to still be able to transport to both, uh, both factions? What about, what about smuggling? Like if I want to, if I want to sneak I, I, stuff. I've been thinking about it. I don't know how we would actually really do it. I mean, it, it would almost have to be like a whole other interface that we set up just for that. Well, if, if there was like a black market kind of thing where, you know, you just get like an event. That's I like smell a expansion button. pack. I smell DLC. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, it, it, it's just the the amount of work that would go into just allowing that. I don't know if, if it would really that's fair. be worth it or not. Yeah. Well, I, hmm. yeah, I guess because you don't. You and know, that's, it's I mean, like you, have, generic. you have balance concerns too. Well, you have you have a genericness to the commodities, right? So it's it's not like elite where it's like I'm um, I'm there's like a list of a hundred different. You know, you got like what eight, ten things mm-hmm. that are on. Which I really, which I really appreciate. So, which I really appreciate. Yeah. So so it's it's kind of abstracted where where it's not like we specifically need John Deere tractors on this planet. So <laughs> we, we are you know, expanding. We have, have a category for that. We'll, we'll be expanded by, I think, three or four more cargos. Oh, nice. Soon. Okay. Well, nice. I, I was just – because I was thinking about, like, in, in a game like Elite, they would say, well, uh, like, harmonic resonators are illegal in this system, so don't haul them through here. If you get busted trying to dock with them because they're going to scan your ship and you're going to get a big fine and stuff. But since you abstract it away, it's like, well, it's machinery. We don't care what it is. Right. right? So you can't say, well, machinery is illegal here. So – yeah, uh, it might be though. I mean, if, if you're, you know, if you're transporting it from one faction's planet, maybe oh. the other faction won't allow it in or something. That's true. It depends well, on. Like we it. haven't completely planned this out, obviously. Oh, but you but, could you use know. a you could use a warehouse in the middle of a neutral planet to launder it. Just like drop it there, and then it's no longer sourced from that other planet. That's, that's true. Wow, that's cool. Pretty uh, deep. So I have a question. Um, are there going to be like uh, maybe they're they're in there? And I didn't even notice. But are there going to be like like contracts or missions in the game? Is that coming at all? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, that's definitely coming. Oh, good because I love I love yeah. those. I love those. I don't know if you've um, there's this game that I'm currently obsessed with called Logistical. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's it's also a very it's also very much a commodity moving game. And uh, that game, yeah, also, I, I saw it. somebody mentioned it. It, it looks. All, Really similar, actually, but I, I haven't really. It, it is no. kind of similar. It, it is in some ways a bit similar. It's great, by the way. Uh, but yeah, that that had contracts and whatnot as well, which also kind of serves as a, a semi tutorial, but also like gives you some focus. So I was hoping that you you would have them, and so I'm very happy to hear that you will. Yay! <laughs> yeah, there, there's already um, subsidies in the game, um, which actually, I mean, we barely got that out before launch. I mean, it was a uh, when we had people testing it for us, a lot of people were saying, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Um, so that's, you know, we, we didn't really plan on putting it until months later, but yeah, we had to get that out right away. Cause you know, it, it helps direct people as far as, you know, who needs what. And so I think contracts will be kind of the same way, you know, maybe, maybe a con- uh, uh, planet will open up, you know, bidding on a certain contractor, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with some different things like uh transport tycoon has, um, they have subsidies too, right? Yes, I'm I believe they do. Yeah. They 
handled. It's it's handled a little bit differently there though because you have to accept it. So I think it's more like a, a contract. Yeah, I, that, right. I I did notice that there 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 were the alerts that would pop up like Mars is offering a subsidy for machinery, but right. I I is there a log? I didn't notice. Is there like a log where you can see all yeah, these? Just no. click the um if you click the little down arrow. Oh, is that what that where does? The, uh, okay, notification pops up. Yep. I did not see that. Okay. Oh, we have another question from the audience. Huh. If you need things for a black market, then why don't you make dangerous versions of all the resources which will randomly be banned or legalized by local governments? Would that work or not? That's a question. <laughs> trying, to, trying to think. Say that again. If you need things for a black market, because we were talking about smuggling. And right, whatnot, right. Then why don't you make dangerous versions of all resources which will randomly be banned or legalized? Oh, so like one government will want water and another one will make water illegal to like starve their, you know, or starve their inhabitants or something. Yeah. I, I don't really see how that would work. I, I guess I would need more elaboration. Um, if, if you want, uh, Drop by our uh, Steam discussion forums. You can drop in a suggestion. Um, just you know, elaborate on it some more. We're yeah, don't feel bad. I, I, I'm sorry. Stuff. I'm sorry, Merrick. I'm having trouble wrapping my head around that question too. I read it verbatim. Well, I'm like, what? Well, this is kind of neat because this is like it's like a 4x game, but you're actually just <laughs> operating as a freelancer inside of a 4x game that's sort of playing itself, but you can influence it. I yeah, like it's kind of Drox operative in that respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was getting the distant worlds vibe. I was gonna tickle mm. Brian's jollies there. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think the uh, the political aspect of it's gonna really, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. So you're, you're talking facts level. So you're talking factions like Mars can have a faction and Earth can have a faction and and whatnot. So there yeah. could be different factions. You can have different reputations with each of them. Yep. 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 And could they pay you to say sabotage someone else's faction? Like, don't deliver this to another faction. We'll pay you not to deliver this. You know, could could that's, you do something like that? That's a good idea. I'll add that in my notes. It's not a bad idea at all. Like, we want to starve these guys out. Bring them to the bar. Bring well, them to the also, table. Well, also, if people are fighting, there's such a thing as a blockade, right? So it's like you can't get past the military because they're sieging that planet. So I can't make deliveries there now. There could be a thing like that too. But you know, we'll feature creepy into the ground. Yeah, we, okay. we totally could. We we totally could because we really like this game. We we really do. Yeah, I've, only, I've only been screaming about it for three years, so <laughs> I've had a lot of time. Thanks, to, man. Thanks. How long have you been mental list? How long have you been working on it, Mike? Uh, just about a year now. Only a year? Well, there's me and another uh, programmer, and I mean, right? But I mean, this seems like it. I mean, this seems so much further along than again. I mean, we've played games that are older <laughs> than that that are like, well, oh my god, this is terrible. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, it's it's been a year though. This seems really. I mean, this seems almost feature complete, and it's only a, oh wow, that's impressive. That is, that is really impressive. Thank you. Yeah, and um, before I forget to to mention him, Chris is the other um, right programmer yeah. developer on the team. I mean, he's just he's awesome. So, but he's yeah, in England. A lot of the and reason he's, 
yeah, yeah. he's in uh he's in Northern Ireland, so it's um yeah, he, he can't oh, make it now. He's, sorry, he's Ireland. Asleep. It's two o'clock. Well he is it it is UK but Northern Ireland. Um Yeah, but yeah, don't tell I, him don't I, tell I, him I, I said you. England. He might get mad. Don't tell him I said England. <laughs> he might get mad. So are you guys um is like one of you primarily front end, the other one's like the back end developer, or, you know, who's, who's doing the UI is basically. Um, I, I do most of the UI. Chris does, uh, some of the UI. He's actually been handling mostly, um, uh, AI multiplayer. Um, he's been working his butt off on all the translation stuff right now. So we just finished off all that. Um, Oh yeah. We got to go down the well, multiplayer rabbit hole too. Because I hadn't yeah. even thought about that. That's I saw it on the menu and I was like, "Why you, you haven't tried uh, multiplayer yet?" Uh-uh. No, oh, we uh, haven't. You guys, you guys gotta give it a try. I was about to ask about that. Now, does that does now when you're playing multiplayer? One, how many players can you have? And and two, can you have a mix of players and AI? Or is that in the yeah, cards? Yeah, you can have you can have players and AI. Um, oh. Up to eight players, though. To be honest. You, you probably don't want to play with more than like four, maybe even five at, at very most. Cause it, it just becomes really too crowded, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, like much like, um, off world, uh, transfer trading company, off world trading company. Sorry. I was going to say transport company. It's like, no, that's, just, um, but yeah, off world trading company, they, they have basically, you can, you can pay money and research and then play like dick moves on the other players. So is there going to be perhaps a, a thing like that where I can buy an unfortunate event for another player? A little bit, but um, we're not going to dig as deep as um, Off-World Trading Company. It's just kind of... I, I don't think it adds all that much to that game. I, I actually kind of think it detracts from it. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you work so hard on, on doing all this, you know, competing through economics, and then all of a sudden you, you throw in this, oh, you just blew up my factories. Right. You know, yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's basically like it takes the business part out of it and then exactly. it makes it about like, yeah, it just bypasses it completely and it doesn't really make any sense to me. So we'll have a little bit, but it'll be, you know, in a much more limited or what I really would like to do is extend the life time of these events, but not have them so drastic, you know, so it's something you can actually react to and, you know, maybe work to your advantage or, or, Something like that, where it's not just oh, I just lost half my stuff. Oops. So, like event, like like maybe events could be more gradual. Like oh, the uh, demand for water is a little there. Oh, sorry. Uh, so maybe events might be more gradual. Like oh, Mars is really demanding water. You might want to get some over there before they have a problem. Yeah, that's yeah. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Well, yeah, it, it, it'll be competition based you know so it, it'll probably be exclusive to multiplayer as well but um we, we had some ideas i can't think of it right now but we, we had some ideas where you know you, you would you would sabotage other companies in some way but it wouldn't be so directly impacted that you can't react to it i guess it'll be yeah, fun just, is like if you flood a market with like a certain commodity that your competitor was really hoping would sell well on a planet and drive down the oh, price yeah. Yeah, Something you can like already that. do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Guys, I think we have to play this at some point. Even though the menu says buggy, buggy, buggy. It, it is it is buggy, yes. I, I'm not going to lie about that. It's not um, It's not in its final state by any stretch. Um, it, it's way better than it was at launch, but if you're a client, 
because you know it's just it's just host client between the you know peer to peer. So um, if you're a client, you'll see a, the ships and the plants jitter just a little bit, um, and you, you really don't want to go above like speed two because it, it just jitters way too much for the yeah. for the clients. So what what's the win condition in multiplayer? Do you have to like bust the other guys out or get a certain amount of money before they do? Or there is none right now. Um, that's one of the reasons we delayed the uh, uh, ranked multiplayer, which we're hoping to get for full launch. Um, but we're thinking either buy them out through stocks or um, just have an end date, and whoever has the maximum net worth at that end date wins. Um, but right now, there's really no win condition, so you know you just kind of play until you know what. What I've done is is just agree on an end date with my, you know, with Chris or whatnot, hmm. and say we'll play to this date see who wins at that point. Okay. That's cool. And and you have like a, a peaceful resolution basically. So yeah. And you, finally, you, finally you a forex game that I can actually win through <laughs> not diplomacy and not blowing everybody up. So good. right. Good. For and you. that's another reason why that buggy thing comes into effect. Cause you know, you play too long and it, it's just not optimizable enough where you can't really play past 10, 15 years. Oh, and multiplayer fair. It just gets too sprawling and, yeah, yeah, we we need to do some more optimization in there. Um, it's it's a ton of fun, and fifteen years is a long time in this game if if you played it. I can um, imagine, yeah. But yeah, we we want to be able to get to you know twenty five, thirty years definitely. So some uh, uh, MK Schmidt in the uh, stream chat just asked about other uh, systems because I never got to one in the video. That's why he's asking. But you can eventually expand to other systems. But I'm guessing that's. Uh, hellishly much more expensive. Uh, yeah, it's quite a bit more expensive. Um, it's it's hard to get there, and, and actually the um, ships to do it don't even open until um, 2062, I believe. Oh, geez. Yeah, so it, it, you'll be doing a lot of in-system trading, um, and again, it's not completely balanced outside. You know, we're, we're early access. I'm not going to, you know sugarcoat this get the game state right now so i mean we're early access it's not completely balanced so when you get outside the system it's a little you know it's it's a little janky still we need to improve the balance and improve the number of ships that are available to you right i mean it the the ships you get in the early game that's as far as i've gotten they're just in system hoppers they probably don't have any kind of faster than light you're cutting out there pretty bad really is anybody else here no cut out or is it just me yeah he is Oh gosh! Oh man, maybe we should change servers again. What's my ping? My ping is sixty-four. I don't know what's happening. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, it's just internet crap. There's a router like nine hops away from me that keeps dropping. It's about how do you once see every that? two minutes? How do you see that? You do a trace route whenever it's happening, and it'll trace oh. out real quick, and then you get that many hops out, and then get no reply. Oh okay. Um, so you got to be quick. Gotcha. <laughs> But well, no, um, no. I was saying the ships you get in the initial uh, part of the game—they—they have no FTL of any kind. They're just in-system, uh, in-system like shuttles, basically with cargo pods or passenger Correct. pods. Uh, so eventually, you get to a point though where there's some kind of FTL developed, where you can get yep. to other systems. Okay. That's, yeah, you'll see awesome. in twenty a few years before Fashionalized developed, you'll see that. Um, uh, Titan is colonized, and you'll have the uh, dilithium crystal and fuel ah, production that's, infrastructure. That's great. That'll actually all be constructed for you. Um, oh, how nice! Beforehand, so you have years to develop the 
the infrastructure before you actually have the ship available to you. Now that makes sense. That makes sense. You got to have that, uh, that sweet, sweet dilithium. Will yeah. you, will you eventually get trilithium or am I just going, am I talking yeah. crazy? Now? No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I think there was an episode that had trilithium or some such nonsense. <laughs> like never saw that one. Uh, Anyway, so uh, so right now, what is the win condition, even in single player? I wasn't entirely sure from looking at the reports. Is it a company gets a certain amount of money, and then once they pass that threshold, they're the winner? No, there's there's no win condition. Oh, at all? Just, oh, okay. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. It's just it's, like real life. You play till you die, and then... <laughs> well, I mean, is there going to be one? I, or is it just you play until I, you don't? As far as in single player, no, I, I am more thinking for single player. You're just playing until you're satisfied with what you've done. You know, it's it's just like any other yeah. transport game. I guess that's true. Like with even like city builders or whatnot, there's no like real wind condition. You just play right. until you're happy with what you've made. Yeah. In point. multiplayer, we, we want to have a, a wind condition. We want to have ranked games in multiplayer. But single player, it's just more of a sandbox experience. Oh, that's pretty awesome. So uh, you have both, um, if I remember correctly, you have pre-configured um, maps, but you also have randomly generated maps. Is that correct? Yeah. So you, you can um, choose to start in a random system, um, which will give you, um, it'll give you, you know, a random star type. It'll give you a whole different system. And, and we've went with a, um, it, it's kind of like a scientifically grounded you know, uh, system generation. So there's, it actually models the, uh, the burnoff distance from the star models, the, uh, frost distance from the star. So all that's taken into effect. And, um, there, there's one bug situation where, uh, you know, your habitable planet can start outside, but otherwise it'll always start, you know, inside the habitable zone. Um, you'll have all the, uh, you know, outer planets have a better chance of having, you know, ice, water, that sort of thing. So, there's there's a lot of um, hopefully realism that goes into the generation of those systems. That's that's pretty awesome. And how big can the maps get? A uh, hundred stars right now. Holy crap! Oh. <laughs> I can barely handle one system. It, <laughs> it, it, it takes it takes a while to generate, and uh, I'm not saying the game is optimized enough to to do a hundred stars right now, but. Um, that's kind of our goal, you know, where eventually you'll just be able to keep playing and playing and playing and uh, work up some crazy, you know, supply chains. So. Now, when the game gets that big, is there going to be any kind of automation? Like maybe a company gets big enough that you hire a partner or, uh, you know, you hire some middle management, something like that to make new routes or buy new ships or anything like that. Because it sounds like... The bigger it gets, the more, the more unwieldy, the less wieldy. I don't know how exactly. It sounds like it. you're starting to endorse the the Stellaris sector system here, Brian. <laughs> yeah, no, not necessarily. No, and and let's, no, let's slippery slope. It goes straight to Stellaris. No, it goes to distant distant worlds, my friend. I'm not talking about that. Uh, don't get me started on Stellaris. Uh, I'm just wondering if there's like going to be any kind of intelligent automation. To help handle a no. business empire that large, I, I don't think so. Um, again, if we, you know, if if we get to that point where 
the game is optimized well enough where it can handle 100 stars. And if we have, you know, enough people wanting that sort of thing, then maybe. Um, but, you know, at this time, it, it would take a ton of resources, and we just don't have that. That makes sense. Uh, let's see. What's a, There's a question from the audience. Could be a worthwhile mechanic like in the Viceroy and single player where you can sell your trade federation for bonuses, give you a reason to roll over to a new game? Like, maybe you sell your company, I think he's saying. You know, like, you reach a certain point where you're like, I want to retire. <laughs> and then but, there would what be do you do after you retire? I, I don't know. <laughs> Start a new one. Yeah, but... Well, the, the suggestion there seems to suggest that there would be a metagame in which if you've achieved a certain amount, then you sort of pass on a meta bonus to your future games. Um, I, I don't think that would really be within the scope of what we're doing. Um, That's fair. And I, I, and please I don't, don't think, I, please I, don't think I, we're I trying to be... see how that would work. Yeah, oh, no, no. I, I hear every sort of recommendation, every sort of idea out there. Trust pe- me. People recommend these things because they're excited and because they, they, they like what they're oh, yeah. seeing, you know, and, uh, and they, and they want to, uh, and they, and they want to see, you know, their favorite things in games. But I, th- I think all these, qu- I'm going to be honest. We usually don't get this much engagement from the audience. I mean, you, cool. usually, usually they're chatty, but they're, they're not asking all these questions. So this is great, <laughs> actually. This is like really, this is really great that the, you have this kind of engagement. Oh, apparently I missed a question. Awesome. Oh no! <sighs> oh, can, can I see these, or is this just something you guys can see on? The, uh, this is on yeah. uh, most people. So, so far, most people are asking them on YouTube. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, that's true. I can. Well, I'm not going to open that up. Who knows what that happened? Yeah, yeah, it's not. That's not the best idea. Uh, but it's I'm like trying the guys to re- call the radio shows and leave their. You know, radio up or something. Pretty much. That's, that. that's what I'm trying to. Uh, that's what I'm trying to. Oh, uh, Merrick was further explaining his dangerous uh, resources thing from earlier. He was like, instead of regular water, you could be smuggling in drugged water. You know, or extreme resources like luxuries or weapons. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. There will be. You know, one of the lux- one of the. Uh, cargoes we're planning is luxury goods we're going to have weaponry um and i could see like you know machinery rare resources maybe that can all be you know restricted at random like he's saying and i think so i think maybe when he said that you know there's a different class of the same resource that maybe wasn't what he was going for but yeah we're going to do that where you know some of these higher value resources will be restricted by the different factions. Oh, that's great. That's great. That makes a lot of sense. You know, because maybe they want to keep it for their upper class, you know, or something like that. You can even have an yeah. in, you can have an in-game fiction about it. <laughs> yeah. So, so who are, so you said they're going to be different factions. Like how much uh like backstory is going to go into these factions? Going to be a lot of lore? Like no, probably not. Um you know, it's not really the focus of our game, and I've gotten some complaints about that where, you know, people don't really feel engaged in the world and everything. We're hoping that the political patch will add some of that, but it, it's more going to be um, randomly generated. It's not It's not going to have a whole lot of backstory to it. 
I'm thinking you're probably just going to see, you know, that tensions are rising between, for instance, Earth and Mars. And then, you know, maybe a few years later, war break out, you know, Mars is trying to revolt from Earth or something. So there'll there'll be some lore involved, but it it won't be anything that's, you know, written by, you know, us per se. It'll just be more, you know, randomly generated events and that sort of thing. You could, you could include a, uh, an ebook, you know, like a, like a companion novel. Hey, you could write it. edition. You could write it, man. (laughs) Why not? Both elite and Eve have companion novels. Have tie-in novels, so why not? <laughs> well, Eve has a. They both have a lot, I think, too. I know Eve has at least half a dozen, um, and Elite has a few as well. Yeah, but the reason Elite does is because there's no story in the game, so you have to get that from somewhere. The uh, did, did you guys enjoy Elite? I, I played maybe twenty hours of it because I have a <sighs> you know VR headset and everything. It's so a love hate thing around yeah. here. I did for it's a like, while and then I now I don't. <laughs> to me it's like Microsoft Flight Simulator. I can enjoy the flying between airports, but I realize that there's really nothing to do once I yeah. get there other yeah. than fly to the next one. Yeah. So so it's just kinda like I just chill and fly around a little bit until I'm like over it. Um but you know, I play it in doses. Yeah, it's it's pretty and it's got, you know, 400 billion stars or whatever it has. So, I don't know. yeah, I, honestly, I, well, I, I have a, there's, there's a whole week worth of podcasts about the rant that I have about how to fix that thing. But yeah, you know, I don't have Raven's phone number. If you want to, if you want to fix it, basically go play, um, Evercron legacy. Just go play that. Well, instead. yes, no. Honestly, well, they, mostly. they just need to, they need to be able to inject some narrative in there. And the excuses, well, it's too big, man. We have a billion stars. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that the quests have to be on a billion stars. You could source all the quests out of like four different yeah, planets. Yeah, they, they should have started small, and as people added to the game or something, they expanded it. Or, you know? or let the fans actually write their own S- Something, right. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, Neverwinter does that quite, pretty successfully. It's, it's mostly all player-submitted quest stuff there now. They don't trust us. That's what it is. Yeah, I am severely burnt out on Elite. I have no interest in playing it at all right now because Do any of you uh any of you have a Vive or Rift? No. I I've used I've used a Rift before, but like yeah, I've just, got a I've got a PSVR that's uh it, it tricks the computer into thinking it's a Rift. I got some software that Oh, cool. Uh, but yeah, it's totally way more comfortable. Than, a, than an actual real vibe too. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about that room scale crap. So <laughs> it's just like, I can just sit there and, and oh, chill. I, I love my vibe, but um, yeah, they came out with a new strap and it's, it's quite a bit more comfortable. Oh. It's not great, but well, the thing that I like, do you wear glasses? Uh, no. Okay. Well, so my problem is I do. So the, the vibe just pushes against my glasses. Right. And it's, you know, you can imagine, yeah. um, and so that's not good because I'm I'm always feeling like I could scratch my glasses and I'm having them like mashed into my nose and, and it's not good. So the PlayStation one, that, it's actually like a, a plastic halo that sits on your head, right. and then the the actual screen part telescopes in and out, so you can adjust it to right where 
it needs to be without it like actually hanging on your face where I think the other headsets actually just use your face to, <laughs> yeah, know, it's like strap it to your face. So, yeah. Yeah. When I've had a headache, it just totally tears up my sinuses. The only reason I ask is because I mean, elite dangerous is just unreal in the freaking rift, you know? See, now the thing is, is they do look good, right? Like I've done uh, elite. I've played, uh, I've watched some Eve Valkyrie footage in a VR headset before I've, you know, I've used it and they're fun and they are immersion. Like, like, like really good at like immersing you in the world. Mm-hmm. It, it's the long term though. Like what, what, what good is the VR? If like the quality of the game or like the depth of the game is going to do anything yeah. for you. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I do appreciate the technology. It's just like, if there's no real, um, right. No, I understand. Long, it just kind of gets uncomfortable after a few hours. And yeah, no, I agree that there, there just needs to be better games. It's, I, I think I'm I think, totally obsessed with VR. I, I think <laughs> if I was gonna play a VR game, it'd probably be Euro Truck Sim Two. You know, if I was gonna yeah, do a game, or, or why not Eve Valkyrie? Well, I mean, yes. if you're talking about transporting and trucking, I think I've had more fun doing that in Euro Truck Sim Two than Elite. Honestly, so I think if I was going to get VR, which I might uh, someday. Let's- now, so, well, since since we're on the subject of of things that I ran about every week, how many times have I said like somebody needs to make Euro Truck Simulator in space? I mean, we just we just <sighs> got. Real- yeah. Well, isn't uh, X Four? Aren't they? Man, one one, like one can big. hope that one. one that's yeah. We hope. I mean, <laughs> we really. I mean, there are plenty of top down games that do the space trucking thing fairly well, but. Um, yeah, but that's not that's not like it's not yeah it's not what we're looking for. We're looking for something first person. Uh, oh, like, I see. Because if Eve had an economy, I mean, if Elite had an economy that actually freaking mattered, then I could see space trucking working in there. But it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, see, that's my biggest beef about Elite is uh, that there's nothing that makes me feel like I've accomplished anything nope. other than grinding for the cooler stuff to go do more PVP or go shoot aliens. I mean, I mean, I can make up my own lore, my own story, and I can work the backbone metagame that's going on in the background. But like at the end of the day, that's just a lot of grinding for what is essentially nothing. Yeah. Which is a shame, but, but your game though, I feel, which is nice. I felt like I was seriously accomplishing something with every new trade route and every new ship. Good. That, yeah, that's that's exactly what we we're going for is, you know, high impact every decision you make, you know. Oh, and can I mention that the tutorials that you put together are great. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I was like I was cuz I started up a new game without doing anything and I'm like, okay. What? <laughs> and so I went through the tutorials and I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. And it was really helpful. Yeah. I mean, they're just mechanical. I'm, I'm glad you appreciate them, but that's actually the first compliment I've, I've gotten on the tutorials. Um, usually people say that the tutorials suck and <laughs> they, uh, they don't really explain anything, but I, I think that comes from more people who, who don't really know what to expect from the game. Maybe they're expecting a Forex game or maybe they're expecting, um, yeah, I don't know, something more 
close to a lead or something. But um, it, as long as you, you have the idea of, of, you know, supply and demand and everything, which I don't really explain the tutorials too well, as long as you have that an idea in your head going in, I, I think the tutorials probably explain enough. But I think the name is, like, pretty descriptive. You're running an interstellar transport company. Like, that's yeah. not a 4X. That is not a space trucking flight sim. That's you're, – you're the head of a company. <laughs> right. Yep, yep. Well, but see, that's the thing. And, like, with the, the Euro truck thing versus the Elite thing, what's going on in this game is because, okay, you have a spaceship, multiple, but the spaceship actually – deteriorates so you have to pay for upkeep of it new technology comes out right so you have to replace them because now it's no longer competitive it's like an old train and railroad tycoon yep so do ships ever age out just because you can only repair it so much i was just i was just about to ask that because i noticed on the ship screen that like the older they get like it does oh i must have missed that somehow actually it does there's a tutorial Because I did notice about the video tutorial. Yeah. Oh, I didn't watch the video tutorial. I just did the first three and then jumped right into the game. Um, But yeah, I noticed that as the game went on, their color in the ship screen would slowly turn yellow, more yellow, more. So, what happens when a ship gets too old? Um, there will be. Well, there is a clone ship button right now you can use. Um, they go to Florida. Yeah. Oh man! Um, I'm trying to think of a movie. Ah, never mind. Yeah, basically you can um, you can sell them, buy new ships, just replace them. Or uh, I'm working on an upgrade ship function right now, so I'm hoping that they'll probably be the preferred method. Method um, where you just you know select the ship, upgrade ship when you see that it's too old. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's better to just junk the damn thing because it's like coming coming from. Like my in-laws are trucker people, right? So it's just kind of like you can repair that truck enough times, but at some point you've broke even on it, and then it starts nickel and diamond. So it's better to just jettison it. And yeah, when, when I say when I say upgrade ship, um, it's not that exact ship. You're you're going to sell that ship and buy a newer model. Okay. So I think in uh, so it's almost it's almost kind of a trade-in sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. And, and then the, you could have ship leasing with a balloon payment. And no, yeah, let's not right. do that. <laughs> the uh, the values of the ship decrease, you know, along with the deter- deterioration and everything else too. So the amount that you actually get when you sell it. Okay, so so the thing in this is because you have that stuff going. Plus, you have to actually own the docks, right? You're paying monthly rent to be able to dock right. somewhere, things like that. So in in uh, Euro truck simulator or American truck simulator or those. So it's a business sim where, where it's like you have a contract to complete a delivery. And the reason that you're doing that is because you have a monthly expense of, I have to maintain the truck. I have to maintain the facility, you know, my garage for it. Um, I buy upgrades for it and stuff like that. The problem that elite has is it's only advancement. There's, there's nothing that actually costs you. You don't have to pay maintenance. You don't have to pay for docking space. You don't, you know, none of that mm-hmm. stuff. So there is nothing to drain money out. Other And and it's, you know, people say, well, I don't want to grind just to maintain. It's like, well, yes, but that's the sim part of the business 
thing that I think makes the truck simulator work is because you do have to pay the bills. In Elite, it's like, I don't have to worry about paying bills. I can just go around and do whatever. I don't feel an impetus that, oh, God, I got to make money because the rents do. Yeah, I think we have, you know, a lot of that, that same encouragement to grow the business and, you know, expand. Um, you have, you know, you, every month you're going to have to pay for rent at your gates. You're going to have to pay um, your maintenance costs when you fly ships. You're going to have to pay the fuel costs. You're going to have to pay um, to maintain your facilities and everything else. So, yeah. Yeah. See, the whenever I had envisioned how I would do this game, uh, the, the uh, jumping between systems, instead of making it fuel-based, I was thinking about Stargates, where it's, it's just kind of like, well, the government owns and operates the Stargate, but I have to pay per passage through it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's basically like a, uh, like a toll road kind of deal. Yeah. And um, we're going to have warp gates later on, um, late in the game ooh. where, um, it, it'll cost probably fuel to use those things. Um, so that you still have to have the fuel and, you know, it, it basically to keep our sanity, keep the balance in check. So we're not trying to balance two different things to, you know, get the same goal. You always run to issues there, but, um, yeah, it'll be a late game thing where you can set up a warp gate. Um, it'll probably be specific to your company and you can build them between systems. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so we have a question from the audience about, uh, modding. Will there be any kind of modding support? Cause someone was asking, like, if you set up a colony, can you mod in a system where it picks lore based on keywords and which is very specific, but, uh, a better question would be, will there be any kind of modding support at all in the cards? Yes, um, at least ships, planets, and the basic variables, um, you know, so, so the, you know, we have one constant file that has all of the, the game variables in there. So at least those three things will be moddable. Um, so the Star Trek definitely. and Star Wars mods will be out on day two. And, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, something like that. Um, but as far as game logic, uh, we're not sure. As far as um, you know, other assets in the game, we're not really sure. But definitely, ships will be easy. That that's already honestly in the game. It's just not enabled. We were hoping to get that out for early access. It just didn't happen. Um, you know, with full workshop support and everything else, um, planets will be another easy one. And then, like I said, the constants file. But beyond that, I'm not really sure. So, uh, how far along would you say you are in your uh, in your ideal early access timeline? You're you're breaking up there. How Sorry. far along? What are you in your in your early access timeline? Would you say like how much like are you? You could see yourself alpha, you know, maybe how and how much longer? Maybe do you see yourself in early access? Uh, under a year. So, um, our current timeline has it at about nine months but um we're already falling behind so um it, it'll probably be closer to about a year that sounds totally reasonable I mean, look how much you've already gotten done in a year holy crap <laughs> yeah and, and we're, we're not trying to go over ambitious with it you know and um if the demand's there after full launch i mean we'll keep going with it um we we really hope it is um you know, it hasn't been quite as successful as we hope now. We can't quit our day jobs, which, you know, was the ultimate goal here. Um, but, you know, we still haven't gotten full launch. So if we get there, 
and demand is huge for the game. I mean, we're we're still going to add a lot to it after that point. I never thought I'd say this, but it's kind of a tough time to be a space game developer. <laughs> it's it's kind yeah, of yeah. it's kind of insane. Well, it, I, it's it, developer in general. It's it's yeah. There's just so there's much. There's not a lack of games out there for sure. Oh my god! There's so it's. Uh, is uh, are you finding this, are you finding people finding your game to be a big problem because I mean I, say that again are you finding that uh, the discoverability of your game is a big problem because that seems to be a big problem consumers are having developers are having because there's just so much yeah um I don't know because we don't really have too much to compare it to we, we released our first game which was a um it was a VR party game. And um, we did basically no advertising for it. We we had no idea how to market anything at the time. Um, so I, I I I wish I had something to compare it to to really say because I hear the same things from a lot of people. And and we you know we we do have problems attracting new customers, but we're we're not trying that hard right now because we don't we we want to really push at full launch. You know what I mean? We don't want to, you know, we don't want everybody to come in right now when it's not feature complete. So we want to wait till full launch and then really, really push it. That's fair. And I've seen other developers do that, but it, it sometimes goes well and it sometimes doesn't. Like there was a great, there's a great first person shooter called um, Toxic. It's, was it T-O-X-I-K-K or something like that? And they did something very similar where they didn't push it until launch and it didn't go great, which is which really makes me worried oh. about about game a lot of game developers, you know. Yeah, it, it's very very hard to get people's attention, and it it's so sad to say it, but I mean it it really comes down to graphics, you know, and marketing. It's it's so much marketing. It's it's in, insane how much marketing you actually have to do. I believe um, it. I mean, before we did before we did uh, early access. I was probably spending three quarters of my time just marketing, just talking to people, just sending out emails and, and trying to get people's attention. And man, it, it's, it's insane and in how much work there is just trying to get people to see what you're doing. Yeah, but it's good to do the marketing. I mean, it, it's, it's not a physical product, so it's a little bit different, but like before you get a big investment in creating something, you have to kind of gauge the demand for it. And then that's like, Maybe you're going to make it anyway, but now you you have some expectations of what your, your oh definitely is. So what what is your background other than game programming? Like yeah, what, what were you doing before? Um, I, I do uh, IT work, so I've I've been doing IT for twenty years now. Um, network administration, um, some you know basic programming professionally oh, okay. that sort of thing. I just I didn't know if you were like a hobby entrepreneur or something, and that's kind of like dovetailed into making a game about it or, or what the deal was. No, I, I haven't really done too much um, developing, you know, for anybody else. It's, I mean, I've been uh, trying to program games since I was probably nine though. Um, you know, I, I remember the first time I realized that I could open up like a, uh, like an I and I file in some game or something, you know, I was just totally blown away that I could actually change things and, you know, doing all the, the modding stuff back when I was a kid. And yeah. I, I went through so many failed projects, you know, when I was a kid, just, just starting games, stopping, starting, stopping. And I, it wasn't until, you know, what, two years ago that I actually finally finished something. And, 
you know, it, it's, it seems so easy to me now when I'm, you know, 34 to finally have enough motivation and enough, uh, what's the word enough, uh, discipline to, you know, finish something like this, but man, it, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Where I'm finding the problem is it's like, I used to program a lot when I was a kid. Right. But that was like in the eighties and early nineties. And, uh, then as I've gotten into it, cause I'm a system administrator too. Um, as I've gotten into like system and network and storage admin stuff, it's, it's more like I'm a consumer of other people's code and I'll script things. You know, it's, it's right. just like, well, I'm really sick of doing this. I'm going to automate it. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, I never got to the, because I'm a script dude, I don't have to worry about object oriented stuff so much. So whenever I look at like C sharp or something, it's like, uh, I can read it, but I can't write it. You know? Yeah. You, you have to, um, for object oriented, you have to come in at it fresh, you know, you can't, um, is that how you try to learn? Object oriented, looking at C sharp, or was it C plus plus, or what? No, it was, it was C sharp. I was just looking at because uh, I do a little bit of PowerShell stuff, and I was, yeah. just, you know, because it's .NET framework, so I'm trying to translate that over into C sharp. And and it's like from the PowerShell stuff that I've done, um, it makes sense. Like like I said, I can read it and tell you what it's doing. But if you said conjure up something that does this, then it, it would be like, well, I'm over on Stack Overflow, yeah. <laughs> you know, like like copy paste code. <laughs> Yeah, that's God that's loves Stack Overflow. A different animal. God yeah. loves Stack Overflow. Oh yeah, God. thank God Wampus like quit the whole game thing and made something useful. <laughs> Is that who made Stack Overflow? Yeah, man. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Wampus, quarter to three. Yeah, man. If, if you don't know who we're talking about, if if you don't know who we're talking about, folks, and probably most of you don't, don't worry about it. Um, but apparently, yes, yeah, it was him and and Joel Spolsky from uh, Fog Creek Software got uh, together and did it. Apparently, we tangentially know the person who made um, that site. Um, yes, we have great influence <laughs> with him. So send us money, and no. we will make sure that your voice is heard. Yeah. <laughs> no, please don't. Uh, <laughs> he teased us with that TIE fighter shit, and I, I'm still kind of mad. Hey, what? what are you he's like, about? I'm working on this project. It's going to be awesome. It's like, you know, and, and he's like, here's a teaser. And he put up like a picture of a TIE fighter. And I'm like, are you back to games? Are you making another TIE fighter? What's going on? And he wouldn't tell me nothing. Right. And it turns out, no, it was some business project thing, but he's like, no, it's like a TIE fighter. It's like, it's cheap. It's focused. It's, you know what? And it's like, dude, don't troll me. Anyway. So how have you found the uh, early access uh, process so far? Uh, Mike, has it been, uh, has it been, have you, have you found a positive early access? How have you found uh, early access so far? Oh yeah, I mean early access is great. I mean, you, you know, um people are a little bit more forgiving. Um and we're getting feedback, so that's you know, that's all we can hope for. And obviously the, you know, bit of money that we get is a big help. Got to pay off the wife and keep her happy and everything else. And this I'm is lo- like a full-time gig or you're doing this on the side. Oh yeah, it's totally on the side. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm so looking I'm, at your. I'm looking at your I, other game. I'm up game. till like two a.m. every morning, but you know, still, unfortunately, yeah. have to fit in around my other. Well, I, I got to tell you, know. you the the thing I'm impressed with most of this is just the UI and not not so much like the floating window stuff. I mean, I know that's all work in progress, but the map stuff. 
because I have attempted that in unity and it is a bitch to, you know, just trying to figure out like, how am I going to draw a line between two planets? It's like, I can put two spheres, right? I, you know, I, right. I coded the rollerball thing. I know how to put a sphere on the, on the play field, but how do I draw a line? <laughs> you know? And it's like, because I, I've been looking at this, this other guy's game that, well, he, it finally evolved into this Battlestar Galactica game that just came out, but it, it, we'd seen it in an earlier inter- innovation or iteration. And I was just like, how the hell did you do that? Cause he, cause he draws a, you know, he's got a 3d ship and then he puts like a 2d plane and draws, you know, like arcs and arrows and stuff on that. And it's just like, I'm looking at unity and it's just like, I don't see how to do that other than with like shader stuff, but then it's like a 3d object, not a flat line or yeah. are you texturing it or what? So how, how just indulge me. How the hell do you do that? It, uh- Honestly, for, for like you, you see the curved lines there and everything, it's all done through shaders, but it's not my code. It, that's the asset store stuff right there. Oh, okay. um, yeah, but is it, is it um, actually a three D object? That's no. Okay, so because I, I was thinking, well, you could lay a bitmap down and actually like rasterize something on the bitmap, then stretch it the way you want it. But that would be just ugly. So I, it's like, there has to be like the easy way, right? Like there's a command and I just don't know it. Well, I, yeah, it's, it's through shader. That's the only way that you can maintain the, cause it's using a single pixel with, um, a oh, man, I spent so much time with that too, trying to figure out myself until I found, um, somebody well, else's asset. I'm, I'm glad I'm not alone. Cause that's what stopped me in my tracks. I was just like, Oh yeah. Cause, cause that, uh, I was talking about that Apollo four X, tragedy that i was involved and and he did uh the guy that was the coder on that um he actually abandoned ship the week before it launched and then i'm left with a kind of a bug infested it was it was a disaster i don't know unity yeah i don't know unity and i'm trying to fix bugs and and like i said i can read c sharp and figure out what it's doing and tweak it but i can't create from a blank canvas so i'm tweaking out bugs and, you know, it's, but it was like math bugs, right? It's like you hit the refund button and you get double the money back that you should. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can fix that. Um, but stuff like the uh, the lines that he was drawn, he had like this sparkly shader. It was it was almost like smoke. And, and it's like, I hate that. I just want a flat line. And I tried tweaking around the one that he had. And it was just like, can I just draw a flat line? And I couldn't figure it out. So <laughs> so it shipped with sparkly. So it's a unicorn kind of thing. Nice. Uh, you're you're getting close to breaking our no Apollo Four X rule, Jim. I, just uh, I've already <laughs> broken it. So wait, wait, was it actually like ready to? I mean, was it close to ready to launch or uh, left? It, well, it's, what? It's it just should... a, a mess, and he left because it was a mess and didn't want to launch it. Or well, what? it was it was a week out from launch. It was playable. It had bugs and stuff. Barely. But it really needed a full redesign because there was fundamental bad things. It was too much random number generator and not enough actual. Okay. Like when we were, when we were generating the universe um, there, I was like Khrushchev, like banging my shoe on the desk. Like I will bury you (laughs) do this. And uh, cause, cause it's actually, I I came in just kind of helping with the PR and then they were like, guess what? You're the producer. Tell everybody what to do. And I was like, Oh God. And I I ended up down in Florida. I had to fly down there to, to meet this guy and try to evaluate how I was going to kill him. And, uh, but it, it turned out, um, that it's like a lot of the random number generator crap that was going on. Um, it's like, okay, well, we're going to seed the universe 
and we're going to just randomly, you know, X, Y coordinates, we have a spherical play field and we're just going to pepper planets in there. And then we're randomly going to assign commodities to it. And it's like, well, the player can end up very easily with a non-playable situation because right. you have few yep. limits, especially with the very early ships. Um, and you're just not going to have any money to do this. And the only way to make money is to fly further than you can. So yeah. what do you do? And they were like, well, we put another, we put a reset button in there so you can re-roll if you get something that's non-playable. And I'm like, why not just make the algorithm ensure that there's a playable situation? Yeah. You know? even, even if you played our, our uh, random starting systems, um, 90% of the time you get something that's playable, but once in a while you'll get something that's not, it, it's a, to get something that's that's really random and actually playable, it's, it's hard to do, man. Yeah, well, the, the thing that I was looking at, because it was the, well, like this, right? So Earth is the center of the universe, right? I would assume. <laughs> and then you go out from there. And so in that game, Apollo, it's dead center of the map every time is this planet. And we didn't really track, like, how many planets are around what suns and stuff. It was just planets out there, right? So right. Um, abstract away everything else and that's another thing that i really like about your uis is planets actually orbit and if and if mars is across the sun from the earth that ship takes longer to fly and a lot of these games will have stationary planets it's like this one in distant worlds universe there i'm stroking that for you again bro (laughs) thank Um, you distant worlds universe also has orbiting planets but then you play a, any other like four XE game out there, and it's like, ah, the planets are just stationary because well, they was, don't want to really screw. With I was that. gonna play. It's, I was gonna say it's not even the orbital stuff that I think really uh, crippled Apollo Four X. It was the spherical stuff. Yeah, I mean, playing yes. on a sphere is. If Planet okay. Annihilation showed us anything, it showed us that playing on a sphere is not a good time. It's you know, just you know the game that not. proved it to me. What's that? Sorry, Martin. I know Martin's not listening. What? Um, Oh, but right. yeah, it, it was uh, sort of the stars. I was just like, I'm going to play this on a flat. See, map I think that because I can't I th- do this. Yeah. You know shit. what? You had the option to do either. And I think I tried it once with the 3d thing. It was like, Oh God, I think the only game that worked for me ever was maybe ascendancy. Yeah. I mean the, the way that you do it to, to do a 3d map like that and have it all spherical scrolly and and whatever is you have to have like altitude poles that come Mm, out of things yeah just and and i learned this from playing elite back in 1984 it's like there's a blip on the radar but there's an altitude pole that comes out of it so i can tell how high it is above the plane and elite dangerous does the exact same thing today and if you wear an oculus when you play elite that radar is (laughs) mind-blowing i'm just saying actually um it's like Mike, you've you've played it, right? You were talking about your, yeah. your oh, live, yeah, right? Yeah, dude, that radar, it, it's it's worth the the 3D headset just for the cockpit displays. If if you want to hear something funny, that's actually the the thing that that pushed me over the edge to try to make this game because it was originally I was originally hoping it, it would just be a VR game. That's why you'll notice like the the menus kind of you know 3D tilted and everything. Um, and that that was my original intention, but with you know the VR market not really taking off as fast as I would hope it hope it would have. Yeah, we had that conversation yeah. in depth on Saturday, by the way, because the the Eve Valkyrie guys were here. That's an astounding game, by the way. If you don't know, oh really? Yeah. Um, they it's came on so and good. A hours of Eve with us. It's well, you so know, good. You know what I found out, Brian, from from talking to to uh, what's his name, RMTZ or whatever. Um, 
from talking to him because he's hardcore on Valkyrie, right? Like right, he invited right. me over to the to their Discord and everything. And so what I find out, because when we're playing it, we're flying it like X-Wing, right? We're not looking around or anything. Mm. Turns out that half the guns on those ships, like the machine guns and stuff, track your eyesight. Son so of a look, gun. Yeah, if you're looking at an enemy, your ship will shoot sideways at him. It's got and, turrets. And, and they Do don't have that. and they don't and they don't have head tracking for two D people, which is kind of infuriating yeah, would, now. Yeah. If, if they would just support like track IR, or something, yeah, that would be a just give me that. Just give me some but, track IR, baby. That's all I need. Yeah, so so if you play against somebody that's got an Oculus, you're going to be at a hell of a disadvantage. God, so damn I think it. that's a reason that they don't let them. There's not even a, there's not well, even a padlock view or anything. No, it's unfortunate. Oh, but it, but if it was padlock, it would be wicked auto aim, right? So, but uh, but he was talking about. He's like, well, the auto aim really makes it, it keeps it from being an esport. And I was like, really? Because I didn't notice it that much. I need like a little bit because you're mm. slopping around with a gamepad. Unless you got a, you know, I've got my joystick hooked up. But uh, until that, I was like flopping around with a with a anyway. gamepad, and it's like I need a little bit of auto aim. And he's like, no, no, I mean, auto aim, like when you look over your shoulder and shoot somebody behind you. And I'm like, what, what the hell are you talking about? What? And he's like, oh, yeah, the head track. Yeah, Mike, you and have, uh, sorry, you have VR, Mike. You should probably get that game. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I played it. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I honestly didn't really care for it all that much, though. It, well, it just felt, um, it felt a little too, uh, arcadey. Yeah. You know? Oh, it, it was. Fair. The, the, thing that, fair. the thing that made a joy out of it is that there was a bunch of us all on chat together. Oh, yeah. I can see that being a blast. AI. Right. So, yeah. So there's a lot of chatter and what's going on and, and laughing and stuff. So it became it a great. social experience. It not just kind of felt that know, I was going around in circles, honestly, when I was playing it. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I, well, did I played you play, it enough. Did you play uh, Close Quarters? In no, the, the new uh, expansion thing? No, I mean oh, in, in, in Elite. Elite. Yeah, the CQC no, battle. No. Oh, if you play Good. CQC and don't, it's it, it, it's the same don't, don't. thing as that, except it's not good. Dry. It's not <laughs> where good. where this thing did it as uh, as arcadey. That treats it more sim, and it's just kind of like eh, okay. When did you but, play you know, Valkyrie then? Just just recently Saturday. on Saturday with the dev. Oh my wow. god! Okay, so <laughs> your, your so mic pr- exploded again. <laughs> oh Jesus Christmas! <laughs> They, um, yeah, the, so I know they came out with an expansion, so I, I gotta try it again. Yeah, they came it was, with an expansion. It was, uh, oh it was an gosh. expansion slot. Is it really that loud? Yeah, it's like you got a voice module. It's, it's not only like How it's loud, now? but it's, yeah, you're good yeah, now. Okay. Yeah, it was like super so boost. It wasn't really necessarily an expansion, more like they re released the game with like as like an upgrade. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, dude, you sound like you got a vocoder, like you're yeah, you're like you're slowing out. down your and voice you're, or something, like you're talking you're, a little slow. Like we are anonymous. Yeah, we are watching you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it what? woke. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, awesome. Anyway, so I don't know uh, what happened? Oh well. That's weird. That's so even, weird. Even smoking weed, That's... I get talking like that sometimes. Oh I get like super. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Wait, I meant everybody else sounds like that. Never mind. Oh my god! So, uh, 
So, Mike, you're playing uh, EA for at least a year. Do you have any kind of post early access, post release plans uh, in the works? Or are you just uh, you just focused on getting through uh, through? Yeah, we're, EA we're right just now? hoping to get to get to full launch. Um, like I said, it, it all depends on reception at that time. Um, you know what kind of plans we have afterwards. So, yeah, okay. we'll help you get the word out there. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Oh, that, that's. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're here for because uh, little niches like space games definitely need uh, some help with promotion. So yeah, and uh, if, you, if you haven't like reached out to other devs, I mean, you know, we got our dev channel here. Talk to those guys. Um, and then there's also like you know, other discords and there's a, a game dev Reddit and, and all that. And and it's kind of like, if you haven't been doing it, talk to those guys and see what they're doing. And then it, it's sort of a social networking thing in yeah. that. And, and that opens a lot of doors. Cool. Cause it really, the, the problem is it, it's like you have to get some, some people that have a sizable audience and I mean, it's like space sector is gone. So it's us and maybe a couple of smaller things that are out there. And like um, XP gamers, you definitely want to talk to those guys. Um, yeah. Cause that, that, they've got a pretty sizable audience, much bigger, but than it, it's uh <laughs> it's a thing, you know, but I mean, it, it's like, ultimately you want to get this thing in front of total biscuit or, you know, somebody right. That's big. That's got like hundred thousand. And the thing is you're different enough to play it. And you're you're different enough. You're like unique enough because there really aren't any other games that are doing what this game is doing. Really, uh, that you probably could get some eyes on from a larger like YouTuber or something like that because well, there really isn't anything else like this out there right now. Yeah, we had, um, I mean, some interest before full uh, early access from, um, I mean. There was uh, Scott Manley. He even mm. retweeted some stuff that oh, we were nice. doing. Yes, yeah. yes. If, if Scott so, does your game, you're good, 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 good. Oh gosh, yeah, I know. You'll be but, the next curve. So, so um, yeah, but I think when he played it, it just wasn't developed enough. So I'm hoping that you know, like him and a few others that that kind of did the same thing when it went early access. I'm hoping that full launch, I could I could reach out to those guys again and you know, yeah. Well, it's a thing. It's a it. thing too, like. Um, and, and I'll encourage you to do this with us because I, I think a, a lot of the people that come on the show don't do this enough is when you update, just come back and, and touch us, you know, in an appropriate way. Um, <laughs> we, we do but, do that. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but, it's just like give us a little uh, tap on the shoulder and just be like, hey, there's update. You might want to talk about it because, yeah, it'll, it'll come up in conversation. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, we talked to Mike. There's an update. Everybody should go look. And cool. you know, read yeah. over your patch notes and stuff. So if, if all the developers did that, we wouldn't lack for news. That'd be for sure. We'd be talking about people's patch notes every week. Yeah, I'll hint, be sure to hint to people in the developer channel. <laughs> <sighs> well, it sounds like the game is coming along. I really hope that you do get to a point where you can, um, where you can do, um, you know, do this full time because this is definitely a worthwhile game. Uh, seriously, because yeah. again, folks, there aren't. A lot of other games like this where it's pure space economics uh, without the pew-pew. It's so rare. Like, every space game feels like it has to have the pew-pew. And, you know, we love the pew-pew, sure. But it's, it's refreshing to not have to deal with it, you know? So it's, it's, yeah. really, it's really nice to see a game that doesn't have any at all. 
That's really now, rare. And I'm going to make another suggestion too: is to be like Sid Meier, put your name on the game. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. This is Mike. Take a what was this? this <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to get a stage name. Like Cinema. Uh, that's that's true. my stripper name. Just well, stinks. I was gonna stinks. say there was a, there was that there was that joke in uh, was it Civil War? Is there a Tony Stank here instead of Stark? You know, so you can roll with that maybe. You can get a goatee. You know. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, folks, the game is Interstellar Transport Company is currently in Steam Early Access. For nineteen ninety nine, uh, which is very worthwhile because there's already a lot of game here, folks. Already a lot of game, and it's only a year old. And there is so much depth, depth, and so many meaningful decisions. It is seriously great, and I'm enjoying the hell of it. A load of fun, yeah, really a load of fun. So, uh, Mike, you. I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, talk to us tonight. Uh, it's 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 been a pleasure. Because uh, usually we don't get a lot of devs that are as candid as you've been about certain things. That's really nice. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have to appreciate that. Uh, so, folks, before we wrap up, just a couple of quick programming notes. Thursday, through the sheer luck of the draw, we are returning to the amazing, the wonderful, the beautiful, the magical Space Beast Terrafright. If you've not seen a, one of our streams of Space Beast Terrafright, you should tune in. Because I will definitely be shooting someone in the back accidentally. At least once. At least once. Because <laughs> I have a hair trigger. <laughs> no, seriously, that game is so much fun. And then next Thursday, next Tuesday on the podcast, uh, we uh, this has been really requested, this one. We're going to be talking to the developer of the free space building and combat game, Cosmeteer. Uh, we've had a lot of people ask about that one, so we're very happy we could schedule the developer in. Uh, so that's going to be fun. But yeah, Mike, again, thank you so much for uh, chatting with us about your game. Again, yep. la- last thing, la- again, folks, Interstellar Transport Company, $20 on Steam. Uh, it is great. Buy it or wishlist it, but preferably buy it. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, our let's, pleasure. Uh, let's do it again at full launch or something. Yeah, once you hit one point, I would definitely have to have you back because I'm sure the game is going to be way. I mean, you're talking about UI stuff already. I'm sure the game is going to be way different uh, once we hit 1.0. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to factions and warp gates and contracts and all that stuff. That's going to be great. It's kind of stuff I need. Nice. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening, folks, and we'll see you next time. Have a good night. Bye bye. <laughs>